And fill my long ears 
cardboard and old magazines Makes me warble and rise like a sparrow And in the place where I stood There is a circle of wood A cord or two which you chop And you stack in your barrow And it is terribly good To carry water and chop wood Streaked with soot Heavy-booted and wild-eyed As I crash through the rafters and the ropes and the pulleys trail after And the holiest belfry burns sky high And then a slow lip of fire moves across the prairie with precision While somewhere with your pliers and glue you make your first incision And in a moment of almost unbearable vision Doubled over with the hunger of lions Hold me close, could the Who are stuffed now with sawdust and diamonds I wanted to say Why the long
of the daughter of my daughter And darling, we will be fine But what was yours and mine appears to me A sandcastle that the gibbering wave takes But if it's all just the same Then will you say my name, say my name in the morning So that I know when the wave breaks I wasn't born of a whistle or milk from a thistle at twilight no, I was our horns and thorns sprung out fully formed, knock-kneed and upright. So enough of this terror, we deserve to know light and grow ever more lighter and lighter. You would have seen me through, but I could not undo that desire. Oh, 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 oh desire. Oh, oh. Cast. My name's Alex. It's all making sense. It's all finally coming together. After all these long years of staring in a mirror, saying, Who am I? Who am I? A voice answered in the darkness, saying, You're Alex, from the Alex cast. That's why it's named that. You probably should have been able to figure this out years ago, considering that's been your name your whole life, and you've been doing this show for like three and a half years. This is a weird opening. Yes. So... As the opening song indicated, it would be good to carry water and chop wood. Would be good. What else does she say in that song? There it is. So this, this is the um, the stanza that comes from... You don't call them stanzas in songs, do you? What do you call them? Verses? Sure. Then the system of strings tugs at the tip of my wings, cut from cardboard and old magazines makes me warble and rise like a sparrow. And in the place where I stood, there's a circle of wood, a cord or two, which you chop and you stick in your barrow. It is terribly good to carry water and chop wood, streets with soot, heavy-booted and wild-eyed. As I crash through the rafters, and the ropes and the pulleys trail after, and the holiest belfry burns sky-high. Joanna Newsom knows that I write a fucking song, though the chop wood, you know, chop wood carry waters from... Zen phrase. I think it's Zen, whatever, it's a Buddhist phrase. It goes something along the lines of, you know, uh, asking some kind of enlightened master, Master, how do you become enlightened? And you say, well, you chop water and carry wood until you become enlightened. And then after you become enlightened, you, uh, I said chop water and carry wood, didn't I? The problem is musically that makes more sense in than, um, than carry water. You know what it is? Because chop water now i was trying to figure out like the what's that trochee right that's the thing where you have the stressed on stressed or the breakdown of a poem no one knows what i'm talking about either way that was a joanna newsome song that i opened with it is a very good song i do like opening with music every now and again the old show i opened with music every week 
but this time that is a really convoluted reference to something else that two people are going to know the meaning of. So you guys just got a good song out of it. Let us raise our voices up and joyous refrain for that. Hooray. Hooray. So I have listener questions-ish, sort of. I came up with a weird theory, and then somebody else asked me about something else related to it, sort of. And yeah, so I'm going to talk about that in a second. Uh, essentially, I've come up with the dumbest theory in the history of ever. It's probably not that dumb. But we're going to be talking to Lannis. Going to bring up uh, Neanderthal. We're going to bring up negative vibrations from an external source in the universe. Lemuria. Um, all sorts of wonderful things. And then we will, we will, uh, we'll chop that water and we'll carry that wood. I mean, you could chop water theoretically. It's, you know, what is swimming but chopping water? Hmm. That's a question for another Zen master that isn't me, because I'm not a Zen master. Anyway, yes, so this thing. So the great at out in the ether asked me this question. So essentially I posted on um, Twitter and Facebook. Oh, by the way, I never talk about this on the show. You can find me on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash alexcast. It's basically what I do on Twitter. They cross-post, but sometimes there's more pictures there and stuff. But if you want to click like, that's cool, because, I don't know, you're supposed to be on all sorts of social media. I'm on Google Plus and YouTube and whatnot. Just type in the AlexCast or AlexCast, and one of them's going to be me. They're probably both me. But in this case... Go to facebook.com slash alexcast. That's what I mean. Um, why did I bring up Facebook? Oh, yeah. So I was asking people because I had this idea to talk about Atlantis and um, Neanderthals, which I'll get to in a bit. And then uh, out, in, at, out in the Ether, I think that's her name, oh, whatever. Um, she sent me this thing. So this is the history of Maldek. I've talked about alternate history on the show uh, many, many, many times. This is another variant form of that same story that I'm sure you've heard me say. The story as I understand it is enlightened society is on the planet Earth. Negative influence from space essentially shows up, lowers our vibration, we become shitheads. Uh, Atlantis falls, Lemuria falls. Well, Lemuria falls first, then Atlantis or Mu came first, whatever it's societies crumble and then the second society crumbles and then uh, that's where our history picks up so we're this lowered vibration thing continue on forward the negative influences yada yada so you've heard me talk about it before you can also find a great um at i think it's just called the spirit science on youtube has a really great section that whole that whole run of uh that whole run is really great these little cartoons that talk about weird spiritual shit but that section on alternate history, or I think he just says history. I don't know, he strikes me as a reasonable person, so I can't believe he actually believes that shit. Martians came down and destroyed the planet. But, um, yeah. So watch that. Just search for on YouTube, Spirit Science History, and you'll get the one I'm talking about, but I've talked about it on the show before. This is another variant of that. There's all, there's 1,700 forms of this thing. So, yeah, so I'm just going to read this to you, because then we'll get to my thing. Maldick. Hundreds of thousands of years ago, there was another planet in this solar system, about the size of Earth, which made its orbit between Mars and Jupiter. 
It was a green, prosperous world inhabited by people who had not yet reached the state of really advanced culture, but had nevertheless attained a stage which afforded an abundance of necessities, which made life comparatively comfortable for all. They studied the philosophies and dabbled in the sciences as we do, except that these people were more advanced in many ways than we are. The planet was so highly mechanized that robots took care of all the menial tasks. The inhabitants had discovered a rudimentary form of space travel and could control their weather so that drought and famine became long forgotten. The majority, having abundance of food and having no menial tasks to perform, soon became content to while away their time in the sun. They became, in comparison with higher, higher planetary cultures, a selfish, lackadaisical people seeking after their own employment, enjoyment, as do the majority of people on Earth today. Okay, I stumbled there, but is to while away your time, is that spelled W-H-I-L-E? Or is there another way to spell while? Because I thought, it, thought to while away your time, maybe it is, I don't know. Pressing on. And it is lackadaisical, not laxadaisical. Lax is a different word. Then the disease came. The disease. It probably started subtly in the minds of those few men of science who shunned the procrastinating majority in a fervent search for material conquest, thus leaving themselves open to the incurable affliction. The mental disease manifested itself as a lust for greater power. They found it! Exclamation point. They exploded a hydrogen bomb and completely destroyed the planet Maldek and murdered the whole populace in one blinding flash of searing flame. All that is now left of that beautiful planet is the asteroid belt. One hydrogen bomb? The people who inhabited Maldek were suddenly released onto their different etheric planes, according to the perfect law of karma. These people had to reincarnate again under strict limitation upon another planet in the solar system. The Earth was approached. The gods made an appeal to the Earth as an intelligence, asking if she would be willing to take compassion upon the killers of Maldek and agree to their reincarnation upon her back. In her great merciful compassion, she agreed, thereby accepting thousands of years of limitation so that these lesser life forms could gain essential experience. The gods then approached the true inhabitants of the Earth, a highly cultured race of individuals called Adamic Men, who also agreed to cooperate with the coming to the Earth of people of Maldek. Gradually, uh, gradually, those too lazy to stop the shocking cosmic crime of the destruction of Maldek. Gradually, those too lazy to stop the shocking cosmic crime of the destruction of Maldek, and those who had actually brought it about, were reincarnated upon Earth. I mean, that's just a fucking awkwardly worded sentence. Uh, Adamic men stayed for a time, giving instruction, guidance, and help, and then, in accordance with divine law, left the new inhabitants of Earth to their own devices. Well, wait, why is that divine law? That was where they were living. Weird divine law. Lemuria. Out of the gross limitation of atomic mutation, the... Wait, what? Out of the gross limitation of atomic mutation, the civilization of Lemuria, also known as Mu, dragged its weary self. Out of the gross limitation of atomic mutation, the civilization of Lemuria dragged its weary self. Out of the gross limitation of atomic mutation, the civilization of Lemuria dragged its weary self. Out of the gross limitation of atomic mutation, of the gross limitation of atomic mutation, tag, you're it. The Earth became somewhat similar to what Maldak had been. The people began to probe the philosophies and the sciences again, and the Lemurian civilization flourished. What? I don't understand. Now, I've also said these words too many times, but the gross limitation of atomic mutation, 
the civilization of Lemuria. So out of the gross limitation. Okay, so out of the gross limitation. Dragged its weary self. The earth became somewhat similar to Meldek had been. The people began to probe the philosophies and the sciences again. And Lemurian civilization flourished. I just, that's, I don't understand what they're saying. Mutation. Out of the gross, whatever. At its peak, it was a civilization of much finer culture than we know it on earth today. Lemurians established a liaison between themselves and advanced intelligences from other planets who taught them a great deal, but alas, the disease struck again. Lemuria was split into two camps, good and evil, the later camp probing the atom. For the second time, the forces within God's tiny building blocks were unleashed, and the civilization of Lemuria was destroyed. Again, those who left were born through gross limitation and off-world seething with radioactive poisoning until, after thousands of years, another semblance of civilization came into being, Atlantis. Uh, space travel established, then a few forced them to conquest over the whole solar system. Uh, people don't care, blah, 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 uh, blah, 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 uh, They invented atomic weapons again. Uh, and as it happened in this fall of Lemuria, who were those ready to evacuation just prior to the devastation of what would follow, were taking off of Earth and the gods from space. Yeah. Meanwhile, those beset with greed and lust for material supremacy warred with each other, and neither side could win such an atomic war. Uh, down fell the civilization of Atlantis into charred radioactive ruins. Again, the forces of the atom have been unleashed. Again, the world is divided against itself. Let us not make the same mistake a fourth time. Um, so, I'm sorry, that, that that went forever. It looked a lot shorter when I looked at it on the screen. Here, Okay, so there's the thing. Other than just turn your brain off to all the, all the this-didn't-happen-ness that's so ridiculously provably... Narratively, the story's retarded. Like, why would you have... One hydrogen bomb explodes this entire planet, then they come here and have two complete... Uh, atomic wars and we have no evidence of it that's just stupid but anyway beyond the the narrative flaws and the scientific errors that is the hippy dippy version of this thing this needed to be said and i'm sorry for the length of time it took to say it because my new theory about what atlantis is or lemuria or mu or any of the other various forms of of ancient world is this so check this out okay so we have this theory that the past there was a civilization that was enlightened beings, uh, crystal energy healers. So yeah, so generally everybody is a crystal healer. Everyone's a shaman. We're all uh, all of our chakras are in line. Everybody's a radiant, glowing, lovely thing. And uh, at some point, that civilization falls uh, for various reasons. Those various reasons, as in this story, is that there's some kind of disease that's within us that is uh, referred to as, I guess in that one they're saying science is a disease or lust for power, whatever. The other variant of that is that um, the, so what we had was a balanced energy that was much more on the female side during the Lemurian days. And that an influx of male, uh, kind of male dominant kind of uh, penis science shows up and fucks everything up. This is my new theory. So, Lemuria, all the, this, this magical land, Atlantis, this, this fantasy world that happened before us. This isn't uh, uh, what we know as a higher, like, it's a higher culture, but dig this. They're the Neanderthals, or Neanderthal, which I'll get to that in a minute. They're Neanderthals. See, Neanderthals have bigger brains than us, apparently. I'm going to say this. They were actually a completely peaceful civilization. They're the ones that they had advanced science. They're the ones that created Stonehenge, probably taught uh, the Egyptians the secrets of uh, building the pyramids. 
this is the advanced civilization, and we've had evidence of it this entire time, but we just didn't see it. Because the culture that came in, not they're not uh, uh, penis monsters from Mars. This isn't the the male uh, animus coming in and just despoiling the female energy or the 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 balance that was existing on the planet at that time. No, what it was was Homo motherfucking sapiens, right? Homo sapiens are the devil, and I don't I don't mean to go like all Louis Farrakhan here, but we. I'm a white person, Caucasoid, were the harbingers, we were the destructors of that perfect world. Neanderthals were super intelligent beings, and I know, look, I'm saying this with, with a grain of, uh, with a grain of some, whatever that phrase is. They were the, the, they were the peaceful types. They were the ones that were in harmony with the earth. Then, then, uh, homeless, pure Homo sapiens come in. And they're the, they're the, uh, they, they basically rape the world with a science dick. What we got wrong was that the that the elites, the bloodline that they're protecting, isn't like some reptile bloodline. What they're protecting is pure Homo sapien bloodline. So the elites in the world have zero percent Neanderthal DNA. Now, just I'm going to say stuff like this, and even though it's you know we can have it be demonstrably false, but people still think the queen's a shape shifting reptile. So just go with me. So the elites are pure blooded Homo sapiens. While the rest of us down here, the ones that they're subjugating because you can't get it out because they crossbred with Neanderthal early on. And that peace-loving energy circuit opening uh, uh, energies and DNA is still in us. So what they're doing is holding on to the pure devil uh, cock science DNA that's being passed down through the elites of society to protect the purity of the evil Homo sapiens, while the kind of open love DNA version of Neanderthal is being passed down again. And this is, it's a global arms race between light workers that are Neanderthals and, and, and the evil, uh, the evil kind of rape culture that is Homo sapiens. Now follow me here. This all goes back through Egypt. So Egypt was taught by the Neanderthals all love and light, right? It gets broken down by the influx from where? Greece and Rome. Greece and Rome, well, Greece leading into Rome. Rome being the thing that starts the Roman Catholic Church. It starts all the bloodlines go through Rome. They're the ones that found the Holy Roman Empire. They're the ones that, that's where the kings of England came from. They all went through the Roman Empire. Right? Rome, as we all know, Rome never fell. Rome destroyed the planet. Rome took over. They, 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 they imposed straight lines on a world of curves. They, they dicked the vagina. They, they, they squared the circle. Compass and square. Freemasons. You, you see where I'm going here. Rome doesn't fall. It turns into the Catholic Church. Catholic Church is still the largest landholder on the planet. That's Homo sapiens. The Catholic Church is the hiding place of the evil space homo sapiens. I don't know if they're from space. Either way, they're evil, and they bring the evil energy. So I think that Atlantis is a metaphor for Neanderthal. The, the, the female energy that was around during their culture was the last seen during the, during the secret schools in Egypt. When Egypt finally fell, so is that knowledge lost, but it's being, but it's being passed down in the esoteric circles. That's what the secret teachings are. That's what Hermes Trismegistus says. 
That's Thoth, or, or Hermes, or tri Twice Great Hermes. Thrice Great Hermes. That's where things are being passed down from. So, what we're doing is not only just passing down the knowledge of how to live better, how to live in harmony with our, our, our mother planet, but we're passing the DNA of the, of the peoples that can live in harmony before horrible Homo sapiens showed up, right? Fucking dead on, dude. Atlantis? Neanderthal. I just blew your fucking mind, right? Blew your mind. And all we have to do? Blood samples. We can, we can prove this whole fucking story in a month. Just go bury some people, dig some people up to see how much Neanderthal DNA is in there. The high end on the planet right now is 5%. That's the, I think the highest recorded, or 4 point something of remnant Neanderthal DNA uh, being found in Homo sapiens, or, you know, modern man. And, uh, they say it can go as low as, and, you know, then there's this bottom line number, but they don't say it can go as low as zero. Because they don't want you to know. They don't want you to know the secret. That is the secret. Pure Homo sapien blood is the most powerful thing in the universe. Evil. But it can be overcome by the forces of good. By humping other Neanderthals. I truly believe that we can build a better planet by going back to our Atlantean Neanderthal brothers. Now, why do we say Neanderthal? That's a really good question, John C. Myers on Facebook. We say it because of this. I'm trying to open up the page, and it's not opening. Um, it's a good question, because I say Neanderthal, and people say Neanderthal. So, essentially goes to... Uh, yeah, so it comes from the Neanderthal Valley. But in Germany, there's no th sound. There's no th sound as we pronounce it. So that becomes tal. So Neanderthal. And uh, it, when it goes through English, because there is, it's spelled um, Neander T-H-A-L. Uh, because it's spelled that way, when it came through English, it became a th sound. So the English say Neanderthal. The correct, well, quote unquote correct, would be Neanderthal because that's where the original valley came from. So um, yeah, but apparently these are both correct. Um, Neanderthal and Neanderthal are both acceptable and widely used in English. The German pronunciation, however, has always been with a T. So, that is... That's that. I don't know if that was interesting. It probably wasn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that wasn't interesting. But I wanted to say it because I didn't know that answer. And now I do. And I feel like I've made... I feel like I've made a friend today. By talking about... What the fuck am I talking about? I'm, I'm kind of shocked at my... <laughs> The, the Neanderthal, and I just said Neanderthal, I was looking at a TH on the screen. So this, this is a, uh, this is a theory that I actually have. Um, now obviously it's not, how does one put this? Obviously I'm not trying to say what I'm telling you is true, but I think there might be a, mm, I'm trying to word this in a way that doesn't make me sound completely batshit. That's going to be tough because I'm completely batshit. I think if there's if there's any truth to the whole protecting bloodlines is the the real secret behind conspiracy theory, as many people believe, I think that might have some relation to one of the species that we interbred with early on. They see right now you can trace uh, Neanderthal DNA. Oh, now I'm actually going to talk about like actual stuff for a second, like no more Lemuria. I mean, I'm, I'm still crazy, but so. Um, you can trace Neanderthal DNA, like you can actually just send away for a kit and I'll tell you uh, what your percentage is. But 
apparently they found recently that there's another species, like you can trace the uh, kind of remnant DNA of another completely unknown hominid species that's still within us. Like there's still, uh, you can see like the trace markers of it. So you can kind of see like where there was an influx and other thing, like kind of um, Homo floriensis, as uh, they call it, the, 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 the hobbit they found, you know, what was that, like a decade ago? It was just a, it was around the same time as us and Neanderthal and um, Homo floriensis and there's another one too, but they apparently at one point they think there was an upwards of six different advanced, you know, homo species on the planet, which I really feel like I've become an adult in my recently because I don't, I didn't really feel the need to titter at saying six different homo species. I think eighth, eighth grade Alex would be just on the floor laughing, pointing at people, causing a ruckus. But I think it'd be a fun experiment for... Well, I mean, this would involve science and conspiracy theory, so these these are things that don't often combine very well. As you heard, the horrible science, <laughs> that fucking narrative I read earlier. Um, yeah, I think I think it would be an interesting experiment to test the DNA that we have, because you can find royal DNA pretty readily, I would assume. You know, there's people buried in state all the time and uh, Roman relics and Holy Roman Empire relics and, you know, they have the finger of Saint whatever and the, the head of, you know, John the Baptist and all, you know, all those various things or just, you know, grab a grab a hair off of uh, the royal family now and just run it through and see if there's any any reference to like, oh, well, that's weird. Like everybody that makes, uh, that works at the top level of J.P. Morgan Chase, they all have this, they all have this genetic marker. Oh, how odd. Hey, look, all the founding fathers had it as well. Hmm. And we go back and then you know, test the Charlemagne's pubes and see if it's in there. It would be a fun thing to do. It could never happen. But in the fantasy reality that I've invented, where I'm actually proposing another subspecies of homo just because I want conspiracy theory to be true, in that reality, I think we can do this. Let's kickstart the motherfucker. Kickstarter for getting the bloodlines of the of the ruling elite uh, to be genetically tested and then compared against a random sample of Homo Neanderthalus and see what happens. Midway through there, I kind of forgot. My original theory is that Neanderthals are actually the evil ones and that uh, it's their evil DNA that people are protecting. But I, I, I like I like the I like the weird ass theory better that it's pure blood. I like the idea that I'm I'm part of the evil thing. Yeah. I think it's because I look like I could be in Rome, you know, a big forehead, a kind of kind of a Romanesque nose. I think I could be a Roman. I'd fit in pretty. I'd be tall as fuck for Rome. I'm like six one, so in Rome I would be a god. But um, maybe that's just what I'm thinking that like I could have the bloodline in me to be one of the space reptile, um, science dick thing. <laughs> I don't remember what the theory is anymore. But no, I I do like this theory. I find it interesting, but I like it, you know, as a thought experiment. The same as um I like uh I like the the completely irrational theories that people come up with. Like there's the 9/11 conspiracy that no one died on 9/11. Uh the planes were staged. They actually weren't planes. And no one was in the towers at the time except for I mean I think maybe there's a handful of people according to this theory. And all the all the names on the on the you know the scrolls of the dead or whatever the scrolls of the dead. No, what is this? Fucking two hundred BC. The um, the list of the dead. Apparently, those are all fake names. And so yeah, I I find those things amusing. I mean, that one's kind of infuriating because I know people that you know were like dead in the tower. So not know them, but like you know my friend's dad died. So I'm 
like I'm like given that I know my friend and that I saw a guy in his house and then that guy wasn't there anymore. I'm going to go ahead and say that, oh, well, he might be like a disinformation agent and he's just hiding in some, you know, cover. Maybe my friend didn't exist either. Maybe, maybe that was a CAA put the idea in my head. That might be. But I like these series. I like the, I like the, I like the strange ones. So they're fun to play with. So apparently if you guys want to start it, let's do it with me. I'm, I'm trying to start the Apocalypse. Uh, maybe we can start this new, this new form of, uh, of conspiracy theory that it's all based on all based on Atlantis. Why not? Oh, two more Atlantis questions. Uh, and these are uh, Dustin from Facebook asked, uh, when do you think Atlantis will rise again? Uh, never. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it won't. Cause I don't, I don't think it existed in the way that we understand it. There's not a hidden city uh, under the water somewhere. It's, you know, it's, it's gone. It's knocked down. Tony from Facebook asked, in a thousand years, will Manhattan be Atlantis? I know it will be Manhattless, and uh, people will tell stories about the, the, the great spires and the, the, the crystal tower. The, the, no, the crystal built. I'm trying to get the Chrysler building to be the Crystaller building. It didn't work. The Empire State Building. Yeah, the, Empire, the great obelisk of the Empire State Building. Um, the Colossus of Lady Liberty, which I, well, actually, that probably was based on the Colossus. But yeah, it could be. Um, I think probably there's going to be some other places they go underwater first. Um, uh, like uh, Holland, I think is about to be completely, um, completely subsumed. Hawaii would go first. All of Hawaii, all of Florida. Uh, I think, I think England as well. There's somewhere in Europe that's supposed to be like if the sea level rises, it's like one of the first to go, like major, major city. But yeah. It, yeah, why not? Yeah, fuck it. I disagree. Yes, Manhattan will be Atlantis. Why not? Let's just go with it. Good times had by all. More stuff to tell you about. I also found a really great story on io9. Now, unfortunately, this is a visual thing, so I'm going to put the link on. Go to alexcast.com. And under the show description, I'm going to put this link here. And while you're at alexcast.com, there's a PayPal link there. Turns out I'm really poor. So if um, if you've been listening for a while, Feel free to throw me some money, because uh, I never ask anymore, because most of my equipment still works. But I figured I'd throw it out there, because I never mentioned it. It would be good. If you don't feel like doing that, there's a link to the books I wrote on that site. There's also an Audible link if you want a free audiobook. You click that and sign up. You can use your Amazon credentials. And uh, anything you uh, buy there, I get a percent. And um, if you sign up for Audible, I get like 15 bucks. And then you can just cancel, and you keep the book, and you don't have to pay anything. So that's good. And there's a the ubiquitous Amazon link there, where if you click that before you shop on Amazon. I get a percent of your purchase. You don't have to pay anything extra. So I'm just saying go to alexcast.com, click around, have fun. And if you got some extra money laying around, throw your old humble narrators back. Because uh, I did the math today and I've done like, like uh, I don't remember what it was, but I've done, it's really close to like 300 hours of uh, a podcast for y'all. And I've never, uh, none of them have been, uh, never had to charge a red cent. Think about it, you know? Think about it in this, these harsh economic times. Or don't, doesn't matter. I just want to bring it up because I haven't said it in fucking months. Yeah, uh, so when you go there, I'm going to put a link to this story. So I found it on io9, which is just one of the best websites ever. That's complete horseshit, but it's a good website. Uh, so the Renaissance era drawings reveal early ideas about evolution. And these are, so these are works by the greatest French artist of all time, according to Louis XIV, Charles Lebrun. 
Uh, he used his artistry to compare human and animal faces, later inspiring Charles Darwin to write the expression of the emotions in, in man and animals. And these are these really fucking interesting Renaissance drawings of essentially like, all right, so the first one is just titled, they have listed as bear and it's like a, a profile and hedged and, you know, uh, what do you call it when you just shoot from the front? Full, full face? Full, yeah. Front face of a bear. And then he draws uh, a person in, you know, profile and full faced with bear-like features and just kind of, you know, showing how they would like kind of, uh, almost, uh, picture a wolf man kind of thing, you know? And yeah, it's just really, these are just, they're, I don't know, they're just beautiful. It's really interesting. I'm just going to break down how it works. So whatever. I found it, I found it to be something I've never run into before. And because of that, I wanted to share it with you. And I did. And I think it's wonderful. And I thank you for being here to listen. Thank you for letting me be myself again. Yes. I've also been asked that it went nowhere. I should Here's the thing about doing visual stuff on the show is that I always, it's always a bad idea. And I, and I continue to do it because frankly, I'm an idiot and I don't show prep well enough. I'm only doing this episode. I have another episode coming out. Uh, I'm recording this on a Tuesday. I'm recording another one tomorrow. So on a Thursday, there's probably going to be another new episode out with a guest. The only reason I wanted to record this is because I had that stupid Neanderthal idea. I wanted to play that Chop Wood Carry Water song. And that's about it. Um, the rest of it is gravy. But I did ask people for questions, and I will talk about them because... That's my job, and I want you guys to ask me stuff. So, yeah, uh, at the Alex Cast on Twitter, always ask me questions, or you can call 503-468-6959, leave a message. Get, like, three minutes to leave a message, and you can ask me stuff, and hear your voice on a mediocre uh, but strangely popular radio show in the top 100 of entertainment on Stitcher. Boom. Dropping fucking podcast bombs, y'all. Uh, Sarah asks me about auras. The idea of auras. She also wants to know about if I know about the hyperloop. Yeah. Well. Okay, let's go hyperloop first because this will be quick. I love this idea. Oh, I don't know if you get. Okay, so if you guys aren't hip to it, uh, Elon Musk, the guy that does, uh, what was he Tesla? Um, and he, yeah, but he's famous entrepreneur extraordinaire. Got a shitload of money. So he kind of came up with this concept of a hyperloop that would go between LA and San Francisco, and it would take like I don't know, like thirty five minutes to do it. It would uh, to to traverse that distance. I mean, it would just be revolutionary. The idea is so it's um it's um, they describe it as a combination of a um a a, a subway a something else and an air hockey table. So it's an, it would be a a cha- a sealed chamber underground and a a car that fits in it and then it the the chamber is pressurized and then using oh they said like a rail gun so essentially they're using like i think magnetism to kind of shove the car forward and then it's being lifted kind of on an air cushion and it would get up to like three to five hundred miles an hour somewhere around there and yeah it's a really great idea but his projections apparently go somewhere between like uh five to seven billion to build the project and Pretty much every engineer I've heard uh, make reference on this is that, yeah, there's no fucking way they'd make it for that cheap. You know, it would cost a significant amount of money. So, 
Uh, yeah, I love the idea. Uh, I have no need to go to San Francisco or LA, but I love the idea. I love any kind of mass transportation that can come into play because, as we both know, this uh, this entire concept of travel in the modern world is fucking impossible. Now, I know we live in a miraculous time. Not not Lemuria, Moo, Neanderthal, uh, Homo habilis times, but we do live in miraculous times. We have We have fast trains and cars and internet and and flights and all sorts of things. There's helicopters, for God's sake. However, flight is really fucking expensive, and so is driving. I'm quite tired of this. <laughs> when I was younger, I'm not that old, I'm 33 right now. When I started driving, you could still get gas for 79 cents at the shitty gas station in town. No, it wasn't good gas. You know, gas was like 90-something cents. I was, And I remember when... What's what's regular gas called? That's called regular, right? Not standard. Yeah, the, the normal gas. Yeah, regular. I remember when regular crossed the dollar mark. And again, I'm 33. It's not like I'm some old man, you know, hobbling along telling you stories of the war. You know, and gas is what, like four or five bucks a gallon now? Three, five? I have no fucking deal with gas costs, but like, that's goddamn absurd. Like, it's impossible. When I moved to, when I moved to Oregon, um, I could fly out here for, it was 99 bucks each way on JetBlue. And, and then it popped up to like 150 each way. So essentially it's like $300 round trip, which is completely acceptable. And I'm sourcing it out now and it's like the cheapest you can get is like six, seven hundred bucks. And you know, which I, whatever, I know you're getting in a plane, you're getting to the other side of the country in X number of hours, fine. But in that short amount of time, that is a fucking absurd jump. I, I moved out here less, I moved out here about nine years ago and it's whatever the, whatever the term for time six is, sectuple, it's sectupled in price. That's, man, you know what it is? It's a stone cold fucking bummer. So yeah, I want the Hyperloop. I want the Hyperloop that would exist from West Coast to East Coast. I don't know how in the country that built the Transcontinental Railroad on essentially gumption and the backs of Chinamen could possibly, this country could possibly be so lazy that this is our options to get across the country or to get across the world. Like we had, we had the, that supersonic flight with the Concorde and that doesn't even fly anymore. Like there's, we should have the ability, like I should be able to be like right now, if I had, the, if I were in the mood to get to London, I should be able to get there in West coast of America to London. I think I should be able to get there in five hours. That 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 should be it with the technology we have. You know that the old uh, L.A. to Tokyo in an hour, like that. We should be there by now. This is fucking absurd. I love the idea that we can communicate, and the, you know the internet has brought the world together much closer. But I want hyperloops. I want transcontinental fucking bullet trains. I want I want affordable travel. It is just yeah, it's just the absurdity of this. I was looking at going to Seattle recently and it's not that expensive the, the trains up there is like i don't even remember 50 100 bucks and it was you know it's affordable only takes a few hours but the idea that in 2014 i have to think about taking just like like an old school train to seattle like it's a fucking straight line i should either teleport bullet train uh maglev train hyperloop or that's about it because taking a flight that far would be i mean yeah you could take a flight that far it's a few hundred miles but that's, yeah, fucking absurd. I didn't mean to start like a, now, now I do sound like an old man. 
Back in my day, things cost less, and we wore an onion on our belt, for that was the style at the time. We called Nichols Bees, and we'd say, two bees for a sticker. I'm misquoting The Simpsons. So, yeah, I like the idea of the Hyperloop. I want it to happen, but $7 billion, and they're saying that's a low-end estimate? Fuck. I want, I want teleportation. Though teleportation, I don't know if you guys actually looked into this. Teleportation, as we understand it, would be fucking horrible. The, you don't actually get, your, your atoms don't actually, like, get transferred uh, the way the teleportation, you know, they can teleport something in a lab right now. My understanding is that essentially they destroy the thing and then kind of make, like, a copy of it on the other side of the room. So it wouldn't be like, I wouldn't teleport to Manhattan. It would be, I would be, um, atomized. And then a copy of me would, would show up in Manhattan. That's fucking horrible. You'd be like, literally, you'd be killing yourself. Which, I mean, I guess I'm not like totally Ken's, but fuck no. You know, that's absurd. I, I want, I want Star Trek style kind where it's literally your atoms move to somewhere else. You know, which is a, an interesting way to do it. Not, not, I, I'm going to be broken down to my atomic constituents and then put back together essentially in a complicated replicator fashion. Ugh, talk about a mechanistic universe. Also, going back to that thing I read earlier, why did this planet have, like, barely have science and then they had robots? Where the fuck did the robots come from? That's weird. Why would they have robots in it? I mean, I guess the robots, I guess they didn't lust after anything, so then the robots should... Yeah, it's, I just don't understand that story. The aura. Yeah. Well... I'm going to get back to Aura. Let's talk about Aura on another episode. I'm going to leave that in my notes here because my understanding is I want to do Reiki um, very much, but I don't. I, I was trying to get, if anybody knows a Reiki master, uh, I want to uh, get them on the show and they can do some Reiki and then I get Reiki and they get publicity. So Plugola, go, guys, go find it. But um, yeah, the, the Aura thing I know a little bit about. I mean, I, I know... I mean, essentially, it's just, you know, it's, it's a field of energy that's supposed to surround you, and then based on its color, it kind of tells, you know, what your character is, or what mood you're in, or whatever, but apparently there's some people that can, you know, see it, quote-unquote, and I've never really talked to anybody that I believed and said it. Like, a lot of people that are, like, not particularly committed to their spiritual work, say stuff like that. You know those people that, like, read one lucid dreaming book and the next thing you know they're talking about, like, breaking the third plane of astral projection and it's like, really? In a week? You really think that's the way this works? You, you, you get that much, you get that much result in four fucking sessions, you know? So I've never really had anybody that I found trustable tell me they could see auras, but I I lean towards believing them in a little bit. I'm, I'm quite a good, I pick up on vibe off of people pretty readily, and I know that's a woo-woo way to put it, but... I'm a pretty good judge of character pretty quickly. So I wonder if Aura is either my description of picking up on vibe is is I'm describing it that way, thinking it's, you know, uh, micro facial movements and demeanor and et cetera, et cetera. Whether they're describing Aura as that and then kind of willing themselves to see a color associated with it almost as like a willful synesthesia or whether I'm seeing aura and then I'm painting something uh, on a spiritual thing. I'm painting it with a more of a mechanistic 
worldview description. You know, I'm just picking up on micro gesture and, and, and demeanor, tone, angle of the body, etc. But I would like to look more into it. So, yeah, if anybody out there is in Portland, knows a Reiki healer, or somebody that's into energy work, I would love to talk to them on the show. I would love them to do some energy work on me, tell me what my problems are. I swear, I think my aura feels kind of... I think my aura feels like a really dark red, like a maroon. I don't know what that means, but I feel like that's what my aura looks like. And maybe a little black in the middle. But I think that's just because I feel that I'm rotting and and there's a deep reservoir of black tar-like horror that exists in my soul and that should be purged immediately. And that purge could happen via Reiki or high-powered psychedelics under the strict medical supervision of a professional. But since that doesn't exist in this country, Reiki healing. So yeah, calling out. I would like to do that. So, But I will talk about Aura some more on another episode. I would like to do some research into this because I wonder... I know there's a thing called... And forgive my um, pronunciation because it's called like... My memory is like... Kirillian photography, Kirillian photography, something like that. Apparently, this is a means to take a picture of your aura. Um, I'm going deep in this fucking memory here, but you you stand you stand on like a like a charged plate of some kind, or maybe put your hands on like a lightly charged plate, and then they essentially take a picture using the instead of light radiation, I guess, electromagnetic radiation from your being charged with that energy. I mean energy, you know, in a science way, like, um, um, like I think it's a, a photographic equivalent of a, um, of a, of, of a, um, what would I, what would I say? Like a, um, theremin, you know, like a theremin is like you're, you're interrupting the field of energy around the instrument and it starts playing a different tone. I wonder if Cerulean whatever photography is something like that with the aura or, I don't know, I'm interested. So I'll look into that and I will get back to you, uh, Sarah, about that answer at a later time. Hopefully we get a Reiki person on the show. So yeah, anybody knows Reiki people, uh, let's talk to them and that would be good. Yes. Uh, I already told you about Neanderthals, Atlantis will rise, told you about that. Manhattan will be Atlantis, told you about that. I told you about, this is all the notes I have for tonight's episode. Oh, when I found, um, I don't really have much to say about this, but I'll put a link up. I found a sweet thing off of Open Culture. It's Dimension X, the 1950s radio, uh, sci-fi radio show that dramatized stories by Asimov, uh, Bradbury, Vonnegut, and more. And yeah, it was an N- NBC radio show in 1551 and called Dimension X. And they did uh, dramatized versions of, at the time, you know, kind of, the the greats that were writing at the time. So on this page that they chose uh, for the article, where I'm seeing Heinlein, Ray Bradbury, Isaac Asimov, Kurt Vonnegut. Really? Kurt Vonnegut was around at 51? Holy shit. All right. Well, paint me with a something and use a colloquialism, because I didn't know that. My fucking God. Yeah, so... Me is like, I really just almost old man grunted as I move my fucking position on my couch that I've, I'm sitting in a couch as I broadcast you guys. I don't know if you know this. You, know, you probably don't. I mean, you do because I did do a, a YouTube broadcast at some point. So I think maybe you guys actually know what it looked like now, which is scary for me, probably for you as well. 
You're like, look at that man. Look at the size of his forehead. He's obviously part Neanderthal. And then since you guys are part of the, the horrible Homo sapiens, you are going to hunt me and kill me for my delicious, delicious Neanderthal blood. Or I'm going to kill you again. I don't have the theory totally worked out. And I will forget it within weeks. Yeah, I think that's good enough. I just wanted to talk about some shit. Yeah, it's 45 minutes in, plus the song I opened with. Yeah, cool. Uh, fun times. Yeah, so go to alexcast.com, click all that stuff I talked about before. Uh, feel no inclination to donate. Uh, I, I think I, I think I oversold that. I was just more reintroducing the topic. Um, like I said, uh, on Saturday, I brought it up on Twitter. Like, if you, like, win a UFC bet or something, you're like, you bet on whoever wins the World Cup, and you're like, wow, I'm swimming in money. That's the kind of, that's the kind of donation I'm looking for. Not swimming in money, but I mean, like, oh, I just came into, uh, uh, I, I bet on, the USA to beat Ghana two to one or uh, Germany to beat whoever they beat four to zero. Like, so you guess everything. It's like, Oh, I just won $700,000. You know, you peel off a 50 for your friend, Alex. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't want anybody that's uh, not swimming in wealth at the moment to ever even think about donating to this show, but click, click around on the site and all that good shit. Uh, remember, go to my sponsor is the standard facebook.com slash the standard PDX, but this isn't an extra, this is an extra show. So I don't get paid for that plug. I was just saying it because I genuinely like that bar. It's true. Like, but I'm not, that's the end of the plug. I just brought it up because I like them. And I like having the habit of just throwing it on every episode at least a little bit. But since this is an extra one, they don't get a full, lovely talk. Yeah, I believe I have exhausted my material for the evening. And frankly, I don't feel like talking anymore because I'm going to be back tomorrow with the return of Mr. Chris Foe. You've heard him on the show before. We've been talking nerd things. What those nerd things are, I don't know, because I don't show prep, other than having a tab open that had a story about Maldek. Maldek. And uh, Dimension X and Renaissance-era um, drawings of weird owl people. So make sure to check out uh, the show notes for that. And yeah, that seems to be about the end of it. I have been Alex. You have been the audience. And yeah, I want you guys to know that I think you are fine, fine people. I think you're lovely even. And I think that you should know that my, the quote that I believe in is that the unexamined life is not worth living. And if you are mindlessly walking through the world at this moment, take a deep breath, look at what you're doing. You have the ability to change behavior and you have the ability to change your world. You are world builders, each and every one of you. And that's not hippie. It's literal. If I'm looking at this table, that table doesn't exist unless I'm looking at it because there's no one else in here. My map of this, I'm going to get a little uh, Alfred Korzybski here with you. Um, general semantics is that I'm giving this table tableness by my reference to it and having a name for it. And this tableness exists because I looked at it. So when you guys look at your life, you're literally creating your life. You're world builders, you're world creators. I want all of you to go out there, think about what you're doing, examine your life. Make changes, positive changes. I'm, there's nothing sarcastic coming here. I'm actually being positive for a moment. I'm on an upswing in my life. I have, uh, I have some good things going on. I've lost a bunch of weight. Everything's coming up Millhouse, and my name's not even Millhouse. That's how happy I am. I'm happy for some guy named Millhouse. He's from The Simpsons. You don't even understand what that reference means, because I'm old. But I don't care, because I like The Simpsons. This was. I was doing well when I was actually trying to wish you like a nice, like, hey, this is a philosophy I believe in, you know, uh, somewhere between um, uh, carry water, chop wood, and, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living, is that you sit down and you, you know, you do that, and then you do the work, and the work takes a while, 
and then you know and then in the end you find yourself slightly bettered but the idea is that as long as you're doing work you're being proactive and you're being worthy of the life you're given but if you're just bouncing around being silly um you know so what i'm saying is go if you've been you know um you've been thinking about like oh i want to go do uh open mic comedy because 90 percent of my friends have said they're about to start doing open mic comedy and so few people actually do it so you should go uh, that'd be good if you're one of the many people that uh that writes to me and asks for writing advice i try to i try to answer as many as i can but i'm pretty busy sorry I mean, I'm writing busy. I, I never have anything to do. But, like, if I'm going to focus on words, I'm going to focus on mine. I got another book to write, dude. Um, yeah, you should do, uh, put out a book. And if you want to be an artist, you should make art. And if you want to... Those are the only things I care about is art and writing. So, But, no, if you want to go back to school, go back to school. You know, that's, this is your life. You are a sovereign, independent human creating a universe for you to live in. You should create a good universe for you to live in, because this is this is it. This is this is the world that we get to live in, and you get to create your own, which is kind of cool. So like that's why happy people are happy, because like they created this happy world. Could be miserable as fuck, you know. Let's go back to Buddha here. Four noble truths. The idea, the only reason you're ever suffering is that you desire things. If you leave your little distance yourself from desire, both positive and negative, it's alleviate the suffering. Which I don't believe all that, because I don't like the idea of giving away the good stuff but that's probably why i've not incarnated into a bodhisattva i've incarnated into a pretty uh stammering ass of a man that's got a podcast that some people listen to every now and again and uh, there is no there is no bodhidharma within me there's just random words and me saying things in a sequence because i didn't want to hang up with you uh, yet so but I guess that will be the end of it. So, yeah, uh, all those things I just said and more, yeah, I wish all of you the best of luck in your coming adventures. And I will be back tomorrow. And tomorrow, it'll be a silly show. And we'll talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I will say silly, dumb things. But remember, deep down in me, I'm thinking about you. And I'm thinking about, thinking about that sandwich I had yesterday for lunch. It was a good sandwich. One of those torta things, or whatever the hell you call them at the Mexican place. That didn't happen. I'm just saying rambling things. I just stopped myself because what I was saying there sounded like I was making a secret reference to someone, and it wasn't. I was just saying stupid shit. So, yeah, so to all of you out there, and to all of me in here, you have been the audience. I have been the person saying random shit to you. And have a wonderful amount of time until next I hear from you, and you hear from me. Say hello at the AlexCast on Twitter. Namaste. <laughs>